I used to pretend in order to hook up with people, I would do a character because that's what they were asking me for. They didn't want to see me, you know, they weren't trying to like come for this body. They were like, we want this version of what we think a black person is, you know? That's Travis Coles, one of the stars of the new TV show, David Makes Man. It's a new series on the OWN Network from Terrell Evan McCraney, who won the Academy Award for the movie Moonlight. Now, like the character that Travis plays, Travis is also gender nonconforming, and they talk today about how coming to terms with their gender has been a lifelong process, one that's really been accelerated with this new role. Their gender and their gender performance, like you just heard, is something that's always been influenced by who they're around and what that person expects from them and all of their different identities. From Luminary Media, I'm Jeffrey Masters, and this is LGBTQ and A. Thanks for being here. Yes. Thanks for having me. Of course. <laughs> so since David Makes Man is a new show, can you just explain to everybody who your character is, who Miss Elijah is? Yes. Uh, Miss Elijah is a gender nonconforming person of color who lives in the community that also the project's called The Ville. And Miss Elijah is David's like mentor because she is Gloria, David's mom's best friend. And they raised them in this project. And Miss Elijah is one of those people who basically, if you are just living in a community, you know someone who is like, the best person in the community. And you're like, oh my God, I love this person. Like everyone talks about them. But then, you know, kind of on the side, they're like, well, it's weird because this we how can we love someone if they're not what we're supposed to love? You know what I mean? Um, and I that's has a lot to do with like religion and all these things. But Miss Elijah has someone that is decided to live authentically, proud and help other people. And it seems like she's cool using all pronouns from what I saw. Yeah, I mean, genderqueer, gender nonconforming. I mean, there are some people that they need, uh, there are certain specific pronouns and I, you have to respect that. Miss Elijah is all. That's just, um, and like me, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, oh. And, and from what I saw, I... I hate that it stood out that this is a character who is gender nonconforming and she commands so much respect from everybody. That felt special to me. Yeah. The first episode, right? Like, they're like talking about, they call Miss Elijah a faggot. Um, one of the corner boys does. And then later on, they're talking about Miss Elijah being like, oh, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Like, Miss Elijah is amazing. And then you see the scene with Miss Elijah and you're, you realize, oh, he doesn't care no matter what. He's just going to continue being himself no matter what you say, no matter what. Any of your baggage has nothing to do with him. He's just moving forward. And that's how I think you'll see developing in the series, like, why? I, oh, there's so much that I can't say. And I'm so, everyone's going to gag 
oh, they're going to freak out. Well, tell me this. I see you in the red carpet and you're wearing a dress. You have a full makeup. You're mm-hmm. rocking your mustache. Yeah. And so I just want to know, like, I call that gender nonconforming, but I want to know from, like, you, how do you describe your gender, but also how do you just experience it? It's so interesting. I was so hesitant to experience my gender when I was so when I was younger I grew up in uh, on air force bases and so there was this like idea of like what man is what woman is you know like what is masculine and it was just hyperbolized because of the space guns and war and like rah, you know so for me skating around to you know Britney and Whitney like in booty shorts and my boom booms, you know, like I just was like, I don't fit in. <laughs> I don't fit in here. You know what I mean? And so now, and oddly enough, because of this character and, and even a little bit before I started to play a little bit with what I actually felt, something was missing. And it was like, what is it? And I think it was because I was trying to hold tight to this idea of what is masculine and feminine and not fluid, which is what I am. And with this character, Miss Elijah, the character, once I stepped into that role, I remember I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard for the callback And I was in full makeup and I was like doing a beat and I felt confident and I felt right, you know, in a way that I had not felt in a long time. And it was scary. It was really scary. Wait, why did feeling confident and right scare you? Well, (laughs) because that's not the norm, is it? I am a queer, genderqueer black man in America. You know, I, there's already like a label that comes with the color of my skin and like with apparently who I want to sleep with or not sleep with or who, what kind of makeup I want to wear or not wear. So there's that. And then when you decide that you're going to show up for yourself, even though the world is telling you, please don't, you know, there's these like little gifts that start happening and people are like, people start shining and you're just like, oh my goodness, like this is how this works. But still people are in my head just being like, I I remember what they would say. I remember what I was taught, you know, don't act like a girl. Don't do the, like these specific things stuck with me. Um, and they do, I mean, learning about trauma from this show is like very important because I don't think that we talk about it enough. And so for me, it was a matter of recognizing that because all of a sudden I'm sitting across from Oprah And she's telling me that I'm talented and that I was going to help people. And meanwhile, I am in my head thinking, I shouldn't be here. I do not deserve this. I don't deserve this love that she's giving me because I was not used to it. And then you have to like kind of level up to the new norm, which is, no, you showed up for yourself. And this is just the truth because what I learned were a bunch of lies and I believed in those lies. They're very hard to get rid of. um, And that's what trauma is. And so all of these realizations came from playing this character. Literally. I mean, they were always on the top of the surface, right? And all of these small things, but I didn't really know what it was. It was just in conjunction, but moving to Florida and doing this show for 
seven months and then like having an experience that was just a duality of I'm showing up to set with some of the greatest minds that have ever been in television and film, including these kids. They are so talented. And also I'm going home and I'm alone with my thoughts. And those thoughts are not, they are not the same as what I'm experiencing. And so it was kind of having like a little bit of a, what is happening to me? Oh, because you were in Florida for seven months shooting. Yeah. Kind of in isolation a bit away from your people. Away from my people, away from everything I knew, away from this misery. I will tell you, like, and then money changes you. Mo money, mo problems, right? So, like, all of a sudden, like, I was catching the bus and like looking for change for things and then and and serving and being a server which I loved I loved it and I think that's why I got all these gifts because I actually did enjoy everything that I put my heart in and now I'm not doing that and I'm just like oh you know I used to live in a small closet <laughs> actually I used to live in my car for a little bit um and you do what you got to do but I will say that there is a moment that happens where you realize, oh, this is exactly what I thought that I needed to be happy and to have all the stuff. And then it's there. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute, there needs to be a fixin'. And that is for me why I decided to really just embrace who I was with my gender queerness. How do I express that? By showing up every day and whatever I feel like doing, that's what I'm going to do. And that's it. Did you have a conversation with your family that was like, hey, you're going to see me wearing dresses, FYI? Never did I ever think to do that. Because, I mean, you know, my family, they they don't care. Like, my brother is so supportive. He wrote his college essay when he was younger. He's like a football player. He's in the Navy. Like, he was so, like, raw and so sweet, though. So he picked up on those signals in the Air Force Base and was like, yeah, I love this. Yeah, he loved it. He wrote his whole essay on, like, they said, write about someone who inspires you. And I was in college at the time. I was about to end. And then I, my mom sent me that letter, and it was just like, I'm inspired by my brother because he's... He never cared about what people thought about him, and he continued to be gay. And I was just like, whoa, this is wild. Um, so I guess that was an instance where I realized that showing up for myself does help other people. I mean, he did get into college. You're welcome. You know, my mom, you know, we've, ha we've had our issues, and now we are, we are so we're tight. You know, it took a long way. Because while I will say this, there are traumas and things that we have and then it's generational right so it's our so my parents like where did they come from the south um what what did they learn you know what issues and demons what is going on in their mind once i realized that my family adults were not superheroes they were just doing the best they could it broke me because I wanted something to blame. I really, really, really wanted to keep on holding on to these resentments. And not to say that people can't have whatever, but this is my experience. My experience was that I had resentments uh, because I wasn't accepted. And it was hard and it changed me in different ways. But at a certain point, I had to forgive, not because I wanted to be like, let's sing Kumbaya, but really because it was just it was crushing me and it was holding me back. There was nothing, there had no use for it. It's only hurting yourself. Literally only hurting myself. And at this point, my mother was like, 
please let me love you. Whatever, I'll give you the space. That's amazing response from her. I asked that question about if you ever had a conversation with them, because I think that our understanding of gender now is so binary. And I just wonder if they were thinking like, oh, he's wearing a dress, like he's going to transition. <laughs> no, I, they really don't. They don't even like, it's not even a thing. It's, uh, it's so funny because we don't even talk about it. I actually wore earrings. My father um, passed away in March um, this year. Um, he was also... Uh, he struggled with his sexuality and he had his own demons. And so I think everyone's just really proud of me because we realize how all of our traumas, how all of these things that come into our lives that are there just because of other people's fears and generational, especially in the black community because of, you know, my family, extended family, they're like, they're still living on the land that our, my ancestors were slaves on. And we, they were tobacco farmers and sharecroppers. And so that stuff is generational and it's really hard and it's a hard thing to get rid of. So when I look at someone like my dad and I realize like, you know what, you left, you got out, my mom, like you are like accepting me. I'm like, yeah, that is the best that they can do for what they had. And it's actually a lot better than a lot of people. Not that I'm saying I need to accept less than a hundred percent love for myself, but that's my job. That is my job. I am an adult and I have to be self-sufficient. If I'm expecting other people, no matter who it is, to give me the love that I think I need, then I am doing it wrong because people don't get to have that power anymore. You know, I'm an adult. It is an amazing comparison that in, you know, a single generation, you, Travis Coles, have gone from that place to now being on this TV show speaking to Oprah about it. Yeah. Like that jump is kind of like wild. It honestly, I think about, I was thinking about that yesterday because I still have like my extended family that's out there. We went, that's where the funeral was. And I just remember just feeling so, just so sad because I just felt like I want everyone to have this, you know? And I think the reality is, is that our job, my job now is to is to honor that legacy, right? So for me, I'm honoring it in the way that I express myself through story, through cho choosing projects, through telling other people about a different point of view that they may not understand, through really like 100% showing up for my life because I realized that, you know, there were things that had to happen for me to get to where I am right now. And I don't want to be a statement. <laughs> I don't want my life to be a, this is what you have to do. But unfortunately, that is just what it is, right? So if I can help anyone out, I'm going to live my life with my experience. And I'm not, I'm not going to try to be anyone's hero. You know, I'm not, I'm not a, a messiah. We all have something to give. Everyone has a light inside of them that is me literally meant to shine for a purpose. And that's just what I'm going to do. 
am with you, not wanting to or not not wanting to be a statement, we don't always have like a choice in that, right? No. I, I, I get so annoyed by celebrities who are saying, oh, I'm not a role model. And I'm like, listen, you don't have, like, that's not a thing you can like consent not to be Yeah. in the public eye. Well, and for me, I think it's more like, because I remember there were, this is coming from the black perspective, right? So like I was getting questions asked of me of like, so as uh, you represent the black queer community of blah, blah, what are your goals to do blah, 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 or whatever. And I'm just like, that sucks. It hurts my heart deeply because I don't just get to be a person who has an experience, you know, because there's so few of, of me, in this position. So when you talk about like what a jump, it's like, yeah, but it's just me, you know? And there are so many other people in my family. There are so many other beautiful people that also deserve to shine and the opportunity, but it's just, it's me right now, you know? And it feel it kind of always like feels like that in that situation. So for me, I was just like, but I, I'm not necessarily trying to be someone who's like, I am an activist for this. I'm the, all I know is, is that if I'm going to be an activist, it's going to be in the way that like, I'm going to say, I'm going to speak truth. I want to be a good person. I want to help other people. And that's, that's it. Yeah. We're at a really interesting point in terms of like queer history where I think now we know it's so important to have like journalists reviewing shows like yours that you know are people of color that are queer and I mean I'm, it made me think about like Travel Anderson Travel oh my god he's so great he's amazing he's a brilliant writer and he's black and gender non-conforming mm-hmm. it's like so amazing that like uh, with your come up like we also have them to like to contextualize things maybe in a more nuanced way than like someone like me could have yeah. Well, and I'll tell you this, like, I think that is important to have, you know, Travel be out in the public. And I, I think that's what the that's what the whole point is, as far as like being an activist or being someone who is like, I am going to make a difference. The difference is really just go out there and just be 100 percent you without any sort of denying the parts of you that you think you have to hide because you saw that we both see Travel and we're like, oh, oh my God, yes, live your life. I feel a little bit better. He did the panel for our Outfest screening and I was just like, yes, I felt fabulous the whole day, so confident. And it was just because he was just there, just because he was there, you know, and and I think that's truly what Miss Elijah did for me. And her gender is not the most interesting part of her. Oh, not even close. Because guess what? Like, I I know I say that I try, I do, I try to do my best. That is the most important thing, right? But guess what? I'm still, I still get to be infallible. I still get to make mistakes, you know, just because I'm this. And that's the problem that I have with the way that society will look at someone and be like, they are the leaders or the heroes or the role models. The problem is, is that once you become that, then you can't make mistakes. Because when you do that, our society loves to build people up and then we love to tear them down as equally, you know? And it is just, for me, so terrifying um, because it's so fragile. But also, I just know that I would have to work 
even harder to make sure that I am getting the validation and everything I need from within. And that's just more work, which is fine. And I thought that you get up to the top and the work stops. Guess what? <laughs> no, it does get harder, but it's it's more, it's definitely more enriching for sure. My life has been enriched. Yeah. So as you've become more comfortable with your gender over mm-hmm. the last year, let's say, yeah. has that changed or affected the people you're attracted to? It has in a way, but honestly, that's my own, like, what is even, what am I, why am I attracted to somebody is the question I've been asking myself lately. Um, Especially because as I'm doing this work on myself and like trying to really figure out like, how am I going to actually express myself? What all these parts that I've been like dimming, right? Like what, if I'm going to lift those up, what does this mean? So it really is right now a lot of, okay, let's get curious, you know, like let's observe, like, why is this person? Oh, is that person attractive to you? Because the society and the media tells you that that's what a good looking person is. You know what I mean? Like, I having experiences in the gay community um, from apps and, you know, just all these things. Uh, I've been told that the black body is like either this or it's that. Right. And it's just and it really has affected me in a way because and I never sat down and thought about this. So Wait, what is the binary of this or that? Honestly, it really is like it's. It's thug um, or definitely it's uh, BBC. And that is an issue that I have had. And I've really just been like, oh, my God, like I never even thought about this. But I used to pretend in order to hook up with people, I would do a character because that's what they were asking me for. They didn't want to see me. You know, they weren't trying to like come for this body. They were like, we want this version of what we think a black person is, you know, and it's a very hardened character. And I was just like, oh my God. And I didn't realize that. And now I do. And so I'm just like, oh, my world is turned upside down. I'm like, what is attractive? Like, why do I want to do this? And also I'm not going to lower my voice when I get around men anymore. You know, I, I, I can't. That is just not something that I'm a fan of. It makes me feel very sick because it makes me feel like I'm not being authentic, you know? And so the idea of masculinity and femininity and fluidity is something that what I'm going to find attractive is someone who just accepts me wholeheartedly, like without a caveat. And I think seeing more people like you in the media makes that easier, for people. And it should. I mean, obviously I'm so sexy, but like the problem is that like you have to not only see people like that in the media, but you have to like you have to like go out and like learn and like go into the community and like find people. Like I feel like we all have a responsibility to like really just go out and search for what we what else is out there you know other than these small like bubbles that we put ourselves in yeah i mean what you said too about we are attracted to what we're told is attractive oh yeah i think that lizzo is amazingly talented but also gorgeous and every time that she performs and she mentions that it was hard for her to like love herself and that it was hard for her because she doesn't see people like her i'm like 
oh yeah, she's not like the classic beauty because of her body. Yeah. Um, but I have to remind myself that because I see Lizzo on stage and I just see this like beautiful girl. Oh and yeah. Because and I think that that's what she's doing for younger kids because she loves herself and like that's all we see. We don't see like the societal standards. Right. I And you know what? It's so wild because that happens when you really go into it. I mean, I don't know what her personal life is like because I will tell you, there are moments where people are just like, oh my God, yes, love yourself. And then they're like, oh, but yeah, no, I, I wasn't, I'm not attracted to you. Like, I see you as like a friend, like you're not. But like, yes, yes, you are so hot and sexy. Like, I don't know what Lizzo's personal life is like. All I know is, is that whatever she's doing, even if it might be a, f- a lie or whatever, it is working because that is someone that helps me, truly. You said Lizzo, that whole album, like it really is giving me life. And it's the only, one of the only reasons that I listen to Lizzo when I'm getting my makeup done or when I'm putting on a soft beat, like I'm like, Lizzo, yes, yes. And I love the message. I also want to believe it for myself. And that's just going to take repeating because guess what? The brain, you can retrain it. It is so important. Mindfulness. You know, that is the key. That is the key element to changing your brain (laughs) and always wanting to learn, constantly be learning about like other people, society, like books, anything like you have to keep your brain focused. At least that's what's been helpful for me, because I realized that I might just be operating from this like very flight or fight, like survival state, right? The reptilian brain. And then I realized, okay, I need to chill out and calm down because scientifically, if I do that, then I can let other things in that are good and it's nourishing and it takes time and I don't have to beat myself up because shame does nothing for me. I mean, it does a lot, but none of it's good. Absolutely. Can we switch gears for a second? A hundred percent. Do you mind if I ask you about sobriety? Oh God, yeah. How long has it been? Well, here's the thing. I had, I went to... Florida and I ended up like relapsing right and it was so interesting because right before I left I had done this article about sobriety and how it changed me and how and I was about to leave and there was just nothing but shame like attached to it and I had no one there and so it was just like okay I'm gonna keep this to myself and I felt like I was supposed to be like the good person right And what the good person looked like was someone that was uh, sober and perfect, like perfectionism. Oh, God, gross. Please get that out of my closet. Like, I am done with that. That was so last season. But somehow it keeps making its way back in the closet. Like, I have not Marie Kondoed that out of my life. And so I'm there. I'm, I'm, like, in this full-on, like horrible relationship like I'm in an abusive relationship I like I found all of these like terrible things happening while all of these amazing things are happening and I can now look back on it with sober eyes and realize oh it's because the stuff that I believed from before didn't match what was actually happening so my actual survival mode is is it knows misery it knows being drunk it knows like pleasure immediately and then it also knows that in order to change that 
I have to sit down and I have to like meditate and I need a community. And that is, those are the th- all of the things that went because we were making a show. I wasn't about to like put my stuff out there and be like, hey, can you, I need help in this way. It's like, you have to go find that. And I didn't. And I'm so glad that that happened. Well, I really appreciate you being honest with that because I think that that is like the typical story of addiction. And like people don't just go sober one day and like it's finished. Yeah. I mean, some people do. I I don't, I don't know. I, I think whatever my thing is now with sobriety is like, I, if you are listening and you are struggling with sobriety, I will tell you right now, I love you. I hear you. And I am not judging you because guess what? I don't know what you're dealing with. I have no idea. And I will never know what you may feel like if you honestly feel because it is a disease. If you feel like you're, you will die. The organism will die. If you do not have a drink or a drug or something because of a feeling that is serious. I also know that there is love out there. You know, if you're whatever way that you're trying to find help and recovery, like I hope that you do. And, you know, I think you're beautiful and I, I totally understand and I get you and I see you and you're here. So what made you finally decide to get sober the first time? I mean, for me, it was like total. (laughs) The first time I was like, my friend got sober and then she got a car. Like (laughs) her whole life changed. Where's my car? Yeah, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do this. And then it took like off and on like four years of like, not doing it and like all these things. And I, and I tried different ways. And then I, it for, for like almost three years, it was just so incredible. Right. And what that looked like was me being sober. Right. And then also not necessarily feeling the best. And that's what was missing because people, if you're, if you're sober and if you're in recovery, it's like, you cannot be drinking, but you could also still have those terrible feelings. And I know that there are, there's a lot of people that have uh, suicidal thoughts and people actually go through with these things. And people need to understand that this is a serious disease and not only is it just it's not about what you're drinking you know it's not about what you're using it really is in your mind and it is so powerful and and it is a mental disorder and knowing that makes it feel a little bit better knowing that like oh okay I was born with this you know I I have this I just wonder if before you got sober, before you started working on this, was there anything that anyone could have said to you to like help speed up that? Here's the thing. I was sober, but I was also like binge eating. Like, and we did not talk about that. You used to see me. Like I was like, I was 60 pounds heavier. Like I was totally like, I am a sober person. But then going home and being like, I am eating cheeseburgers in bed and burritos. You are 60 pounds lighter now? Mm-hmm. Because I was going to ask you if you, you slimmed down a lot. I was going to ask you if that was intentional or not. Honestly, it was not intentional. Well, no, I do. I do like being healthy. I like feeling healthy. So like definitely having a a regimen because it does help with the brain. And like, if you have a little bit of depression, like all these things, exercise is a healer and not for like trying to be thin or whatever. Um, 
And then also there's grief and there's a part of that. Uh, but I changed my habits and I changed the binge eating, which was a whole other thing that was like a, a correlation to it. So like even before I left, it was like, I'm sober, but also I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm not healthy, but I'm not drinking. And that was good because I knew that at least then I had a chance to to know that these are things that were happening. But I'm so glad that it took a, f a full-on rock bottom in the middle of oh, so many things going on in my life that made me realize, oh, so where do we start? You know, like in this rubble, let's, where do we start? Where do we pick up the pieces? So rock bottom happened when you were getting all these like big career opportunities. And it was so incredible because I was surrounded by the most powerful, inspirational, amazing people that I could ever know. And, you know, these now are people who are family to me, you know, and I get to now, I, now I have a people in my life that I get to like call who I know. I'm like, you're not going to shame me. You're not going to be afraid, you know, and that's, that is just not to say that whoever was in my life before had that feeling, but mainly to say that I get it and I totally understand because you have to find your people. If it's if it's res if there's resistance, then you move on and that's okay, you know, and you get to love that experience that you had. But you have to find the people that are like hardcore cuz honey, <laughs> if you're in it with me like we are going for a ride and it is going to be bumpy and you know what? You better put on your seatbelt. I almost need to let you go. I have one more question. Okay. It's a true or false? Oh god. Is it true that you used to write giraffe Classic Park erotic fan fiction. Yes, I did. True. Does that mean like dinosaurs like boning or the people hunting dinosaurs? The people who were hunting them. Is there any still on the internet? A hundred percent. I never put them on the internet, but I can't believe that I told people that I did that. Travis, this was so fun. Thank you for this talking to us. This was great. Thank you so much. That was Travis Coles. You can see him in the new TV show, David Makes Man. And then we'll be back next week with Trace Lizette. Trace is one of the stars of the new movie Hustlers. You also know her from Transparent. Until then, come find me on social media. I'm on Twitter at JeffMasters1. That is a great way to connect and recommend guests. We are brought to you by Luminary Media, Neon Hum Media, and The Advocate. The Advocate magazine is the world's leading LGBTQ news source. Come check us out at our website at advocate.com. LGBTQ&A is produced by Jonathan Hirsch, Zach Stafford, John Asante, Jordan Dosprey, and myself with sound engineering by Mark Bush. We'll see you next week.